And let's move right along now. So many voice notes about the cricket. People can't wait for us to talk cricket. And let's welcome Alvira Peterson on the line. It's always a pleasure listening to him on SABC Sport, giving us analysis and most importantly, insight into some things that we would have never been aware of. But only a former player can give us that insight. And it's just been a pleasure to listen to Alvira there in studio. Alvira, good evening and thank you very much for speaking to us on SAFM tonight. Good evening, Tabitha. It's always nice chatting to you. Thanks, Alvira. We'll start with today. It's been an eventful second day. I missed your analysis today because I'm back at work. But how do you describe day two? Well, we have to look at it. Uh, we look at it in context. I think uh, South Africa just took their foot off the pedal and allowed Sri Lanka back into the game. Having said that, I think um, the 180 run plus partnership between Arga and Van der Dersen, um has given the, the home team the edge in terms of where the game is at and at the moment, Sri Lanka lead by five with six wickets in hand, but um, South Africa have lost nine wickets for 84 runs. So having been 280 for one, they will bowl up for 302. So that would be disappointing from a South African point of view, given the fact that all the batsmen that walked in, they actually walked into a pressure-free environment. It wasn't like they, they needed to get to a total, etc. So, so the guys walked in, there was no pressure. All, all they needed to do was to really build on the um, on the lead that South Africa already had. Uh, but unfortunately, Sri Lanka fought back, and I think it's a lot to do also with some shots that South Africa would want to forget about. Yes, I was about to ask. I mean, was it careless betting or just brilliant bowling by the Sri Lankans? I think I think it's a combination of both. Uh, you know, Fernando. Vishwa Fernando really bowled well. He picked up five wickets for 101 runs. But also, if you look at the dismissals, most of the shots were, were played outside, off stumped, away from their body. Uh, you know, and if you look at the replays, you could easily have left those deliveries. Um, so from that point of view, South Africa, like I said, would want to forget about it. Um, and it was it was contrary to, to what we've seen in the first test by South Africa. They were ruthless. Um, they were on the back foot and, you know, they played some brilliant cricket in this test match. It's almost, you get a sense, they they probably felt like, well, we're ahead of the game and, you know, taking things a little bit for granted. And in international cricket, you can't take anything for granted. And um, we just hope that tomorrow they pick up these six wickets because the worst thing that can happen for South Africa uh, is if Sri Lanka actually get a lead of about 150-plus, I oh, know. Okay, we're going to try and get him back on the line there. I think we've lost Alvira. Oh, I am, yeah. Oh, there. Yeah. Oh, okay, sorry, Alvira. <laughs> I thought that, I thought that we'll, I, I lost you there at the end. So how do, you, how do you see it panning out? People are asking how many more days do we have here? Well, we've still got three days left in this test match, so time is not an issue. We're only on day two today. And um, as I said, South, South Africa will have to pick up these six wickets and hopefully before lunch or just after lunch, um, because if Sri Lanka bat for two sessions, uh, I think South Africa might find themselves in a little bit of trouble, even though I think they'll still pull it through. And as somebody who knows the ground very well, Alviro, what did you make of the decision yesterday by Sri Lanka to bet first after winning the toss? I think it was a good decision. Uh, I'll tell you why, because uh, the, the groundman obviously left a little bit of moisture in the pitch. So what it does is, even though the ball will do something, uh, steam and swing, it will do it slowly so you can still get out the way. Whereas as the game goes on, 
So we could uh, obviously dry out, some cracks are formed, and then inconsistent bounce will, will happen. And we've already started seeing that today. So the wicket generally gets, uh, gets better for a couple of days, and then it just deteriorates and gets worse. So towards the end of the game, we're talking about day four and five, it will really be up and down, and the ball will steam around. However, I think this game could be finished by tomorrow. <laughs> and and I, and I heard you guys talk before the game started. There was a bit of a debate whether you go with a spinner or not at the Wanderers, and they did go with an unchanged team. Keshav is still playing, but he didn't get to bowl um, in the first innings. What, what did you make of that decision to keep the same team and to go with a spinner? Well, Keshav at the moment is is up for the TFC award, <laughs> which is thanks for coming. So. <laughs> You know, he he only scored two runs. Um, he didn't take a brilliant catch today, though. Yeah. Didn't bowl in the first innings. And, you know, I understand the, the, what Mark Bartry is saying is that, you know, he's, he's old school. He likes to spin in the team. But you really have to look at the conditions and say, you know what, will we need a spinner? If we need a spinner, how many overs will he bowl? What will he contribute? Do we rather play an extra seamer and give ourselves that option of getting someone who's fresh, that can run in and really continue to go at the um, Sri Lankan. And we've seen today South Africa really needed someone like that. So, um, you know, all the discussion we've had, most of us felt like we shouldn't go in with the spinner. Mark Boucher obviously felt otherwise. And um, he hasn't been used so far. Okay, if you just joined us, we're speaking to Alvira Peterson. You can also catch him on SABC3 uh, during this test series between the protests and Sri Lanka. Wonderful analysis, insight, as I said, from the former players. Even Hussein Manak, I heard him say that they used to call the umpires the two blind mice <laughs> during their playing days. Never had that before. Two blind mice. Anyway, let's take some of the voice notes. That's not nice, by the way, Hussein, but let's take the voice notes. So this was not one of the best performances as far as I'm concerned because we're playing against the minors of cricket currently. So I think we should have measured ourselves against the best teams like English, the Pakistanis, the Indians, or Australia, even New Zealand. No, to be playing against the minors like Sri Lanka is not giving us anything because these guys are very building for the next World Cup or international tournaments of ICC. So I think this is a lost opportunity by the selectors. They should have selected the up-and-coming guys. So come uh, the next World Cup, we've got a group of, group of players that we can select our team. So, but now we... Good evening, everybody. Happy New Year to everyone. Hopefully we all made it to the New Year and we all make it to the next. Before I ask Alviro, um, about the protests. Mr. Musi, I just want to say that when you decided to leave the show together with your technical crew for the festive, I was, one of, I was definitely one of those listeners who actually missed the show a lot. I missed listening to your probing questions. I missed listening to your guests. I missed listening to your very intelligent listeners as well, such as Abu Libra, for example. So I missed all of that, and I'm glad that uh, the show is back now. Okay, so Alviro, I just want to ask you, sir, what do you make of Quentin Lecoq betting that low on the order? I mean, surely, as a team, you would want your best batsman to spend the most crease, I mean, rather to spend the most time on the crease, right? So what are your opinions on that? And what's, what's the rationale? What's the thinking behind him betting so low? Thank you.
Happy New Year, Tabiso. Happy New Year to the Libra. listeners and also to Vera Peterson. It's a Libra here from East London. Yeah, um, I must say I was very impressed uh, by Vian Mulder uh, in the first test. Um, every time uh, he, he just he bowl he bowls it just bowls beautifully. Um, disappointed uh, with today, he didn't bowl well. Uh, when it's not your day, it's not your day. You can't blame the youngster. He will learn from this experience. I believe that he will go on to become one world. And I think. Um, People who do not uh, maybe know uh, or watch domestic cricket might not know the talent that is in Vian Mulder. But I think as times go, uh, he will develop into one of those big youngsters, a bright future ahead of him. And I just hope South Africa can. So that's all I'm going to say. Uh, test match. Thank you. Okay, thanks for that, Libra. You've always begged Vian Mulder from day one there. And I'm sure he hasn't disappointed you just yet. Alviro, let's take some of the questions here. The first one was about the level of competition. By the way, Itumelang, thanks, guys. Good to have you back also. Level of competition, Alviro, one believes that Sri Lanka are not good enough. What do you make of the Sri Lankan squad that is here? And do you agree that they're not the same level as the Proteas? Well, I have to agree that at the moment in South African conditions that Sri Lanka is, is not on par in terms of uh, playing against the Proteas or the strength that the Proteas have. I say that because South Africa is used to South African conditions, where Sri Lanka, um, they're not quite used to the South African conditions. However, the last time they toured here, they, they actually beat um, the Proteus mm. 2 0. But then they played at the coast where the wickets aren't really bouncy. This time round, South Africa put them in the high felt, and um, I think Sri Lanka has really struggled. Now, if uh, today, for instance, was against a team that that used to playing in conditions like this, a team like Australia, a team like England, and even for that matter, uh, um, India, who is quite a decent test team at the moment, I think uh, South Africa would have been really, really under pressure because once you give good teams an opportunity into the game, they can nail you. Um, Sri Lanka hasn't really done that unless they come out tomorrow and back two, two sessions or back towards the end of t- tomorrow. And then... Quentin de Kock, I think Itumileng raised a question about Itumileng, um, Quentin de Kock. Do you have any issues with him betting at five in Test cricket? Well, uh, I would I would certainly like Quentin to swap with Temba Bavuma. Quentin may be going down to six and Bavuma going up the order. Um, so Quentin's got five Test hundreds at the moment. And those five Test hundreds have come at number seven position. Uh, I understand that a lot of people say that get your best batsman up the order. Um, you know, unfortunately, sometimes it doesn't work like that. You really have to look at what's the workload of the players. And, and Quinton is obviously a wicketkeeper. So if South Africa can play another wicketkeeper, then perhaps Quinton can look to go up the order and really focus on batting only. Uh, I, I still feel that he's probably good at number six and Demba Bavuma at five. Is there a call, though, Alviro, to play another wicketkeeper? I know Calvarena is in the squad and uh, and just lessen the responsibilities on Quinton? I think there is a call. Um, the, the only problem is who do you leave out? You know, uh, so if we go through the batting lineup, Martin has played well this season domestically, scored 300 in, in, in a row. Being August just scored 100 today and 90 in the first test. Rassif on the distance scored a beautiful 60. Past this season, 199. And then you have Quentin and Bahuma. So there's no place to really bring in a keeper and then play both Quentin and the keeper. I, I think the reason why Verena is in the squad was probably if 
something went horribly wrong in the first test, and then they could have brought him in as a keeper and then play Quentin as a as a bat. Are you comfortable with Rasi coming in at three? I have my I have my doubts with Rasi at the moment batting at three. Um, you know, there there's quite a few players that uh, put their hand, hands up. Uh, Peter Peterson is one of them, um, and he was in the squad before he was released. Uh, Rasi still has a lot to do in terms of trying to cement that place down. Um, you know, you need to score hundreds, you need to score big hundreds, especially if he wants to bat at three. And also for the Lions, he batted four. So, you know, it's a, um, it's a position a little bit higher. And that number three position in test cricket is a very important position. Hashim Amla has obviously occupied that position for a long time. Uh, so, so big shoes to fall there. But like I said, Rasi still has to score uh, a lot of hundreds to really cement that place down. And then Libra asked, uh, well, he was rave, still raving about Vian Mulder. What have you made of him so far? No, obviously you know him. Uh, and has he, has he done enough so far to be considered the number one all-rounder? I think, I think he's done enough to, to be considered that number one all-rounder. You know, in terms of batting, it looks like his technique is good. He can play against spin. He actually plays better. He plays spin better than some of the top-order batsmen. Um, so, and also, he, you know, he, he bowls with decent pace. He, He's picked up a couple of wickets in, in this series already. And he just looks like someone, if, if he's being backed um, and he will play more, he'll gain more experience. And I think that's exactly what South Africa wanted. Uh, South Africa tried uh, Dwayne Pretorius in the, in the past. Um, he just doesn't have the pace. Uh, so that's my only concern with him, the pace and, and also scoring hundreds. But I think Vian Mulder could be a good one for the future and that all-rounder that South Africa we're looking for. Question from Itnumelang on Twitter who says, uh, please tell Alvira that a spinner is important because runs when a spinner because, okay, I'm not sure if I get this. Itnumelang, please tweet us again. I'm not sure if I understand you, but let's play a voice note. Evening, the member Chulanya from Milan. I think uh, South African cricket have found an all-rounder in Mulder and Maharaj. They've played very well and also Duplicis have played very well without the pressure of being a captain in the national team. But now we need them to play well against the likes of England, New Zealand and Australia so that we can say they've done well. Thanks to Lani from Holland. Compliments of the new year. Uh, hi, Toby. Welcome back. Happy New Year to you too. And nice to hear Alvira on the line with you. And uh, yes, uh, I think to some of the comments being made about Sri Lanka not being a good enough side or, or, or ill-informed and very uneducated, they're a side that have come and applied themselves and improved with every session throughout the match. And uh, they're showing a lot of good application. I think it's also down to Mickey Arthur's uh, ability as a coach. Maybe he's a little bit more of a um, hands-on micromanager, but I believe that his, his, his efforts can be seen in the way that the conference which they play with and the ability to play the short ball and the bound, uh, and the fast balls and the swinging pitches. Uh, can you ask Alvira about what he thinks about the Sri Lankan uh, bowlers uh, application? I believe that it's better than ours. And I think South Africa is just notoriously bad for, uh, for grooming bowlers that can't swing the ball or create movement where, where there's no, no assistance of the pitch. I think Sri Lanka bowled a lot better with the older ball than what we 
did today. Thank you. And what does he think of uh, the possible return for Mickey Arthur to the Protea squad as the coach? Because I think that that's when we were probably the most organised uh, uh, as a squad and knew who played which role and how they were supposed to play it. And people fought for their positions knowing that there was little time. I feel like there's an element of lackadaisicalness within the, the, the squad in terms of taking the opportunities. I think guys take too, way too long to try and establish themselves this day, these days. Thanks. Okay, thanks for that voice note. A couple of questions there. The first one that I picked up, Alvaro, was he reckons that the Sri Lankan bowlers, uh, um, they bowled much better than the Proteas. Do you agree? Well, they bowled much better than the Proteas with that older ball. I agree with that. Um, and the reason for that is they were forced to do that. Um, you know, 218 for one. Uh, there's almost just one option of trying to pick up wickets, and that's to stay patient. And I think the Sri Lankan bowlers have done that. Once they got a sniff, when they got Dean Aga out and then soon after that, Rossi van der Dissen, once they got a sniff, it felt like there was a renewed energy from the Sri Lankan bowlers and they really hit their straps well. And that led to South Africa losing nine wickets for 84 runs. So I do agree that uh, with the older ball, Sri Lanka bowled uh, a little bit better than South Africa. And then he's talking about Mickey Arthur making a return to the Proteas setup. Is there any talk about that? And and could he make a return? And would he be the right man? Well, I don't think there's any talk, and I don't think Mickey Arthur will make a return to the to the Proteas setup. Normally, um, you know, if you're a Proteas coach and then you move on, I think it's really difficult to turn back to a coach. So at this stage, I think Mickey Arthur's future is probably with Sri Lanka. And there's a question here on Twitter, Alviro. What do you make of Quinton de Kock's captaincy? And were you surprised? Or what did you make of the decision to make him captain for the Test Series also? I wasn't surprised with Quinton de Kock being made the captain for the Test Series. I'll tell you why. Because I think uh, Graham Smith and Mark Boucher, they were, um, you know, they weren't quite sure who to select as a captain, as a full-time captain. Aidan Markram's name came up. Demba Bavuma's name came up. The problem for, for both those players going into the series, their, their places weren't secure. So, you know, South Africa needed to get a captain that will make the team without a doubt. Um, remember Temba Bavuma uh, last year, he was left out, out of the test squad and then made his return again. So um, I think they might, it feels like they might go with uh, Aidan Markram. Uh, for the future, a young player to really try and establish a team and his leadership on the team. But I think I've always said that Quinton de Kock is probably the the one that should should take on the role as captain. And you know, he's, he's not that old; he's, he's young. He's still a young player. He makes the team. He can see everything. He's got a good um, cricket brain. He can see everything from behind the stump. And I think he's got the respect of the players now. And there's a question here about uh, Temba Bavuma. How, what do you make of how he's fared so far in this series here? That 70-odd in the first test, and I think he was out for 19 today. Yeah, I think that 70-odd was, was really well played. Um, and then obviously he walked uh, for a ball that he didn't mix, uh, which means he wasn't out, but he decided to walk. Um, and that would have been, the, you know, that big innings that everyone is talking about, um, you know, that big 100. He's only got the 100 in, in five years. So, so you just get a sense that he needs to get a big score under the belt, and then hopefully from there his career will kick start. But I think it, it's a good start from Temba. Um, it's always disappointing when you get a start and then you know you don't really push through and get that big score like we've seen with a uh, Dr. Christie.
And on that note, Alviro, you are Batman yourself. Why do you think he walked there? Why? What would have made him walk? I, th- I, I think often, um, you know, when, when there's a slight crack maybe in the handle of your bat and you play and miss and you hear something, you, you, you think it's the ball, but it's actually that crack in the handle. And I think that is what has happened with Temba Bavuma. Um, you know, if, uh, if, he, if he waited there and, and waited for the umpire to give him out, um, and even if the umpire gave him out, they then had that option of calling him back. But because he walked, there wasn't that option of calling him back. Oh, so if you walk, then that's it. You, you, you're out then. Yeah, because, I mean, the umpire has never made a decision. You effectively walked off the field. Sure. And where do you stand in that debate, Alviro, of walking or not walking? Well, I think I think it's a personal preference. You know, you get guys that, that walk, which is fine. If they nick the ball, they walk. And then other guys that, that doesn't really walk. Um, you know, it, it's really a personal preference. If guys feel that they want the, the umpire to make the decision, then fair enough. You know, they they we should allow for that to happen. But what we've seen is, um, you know, I think it's the first time in, in a while uh, where we've seen a batsman actually walk when he didn't nick the ball and it wasn't out. Hmm. And what would you tell the kids out there? Walk or, no, or don't walk? Well, I, I tell the kids if you're really sure that you, you nick the ball, then yes, you must walk. Um, you know, if you're not quite sure, let the umpire make the decision. Okay. And, and that's what it is. Okay, Alvira, it's a pleasure talking to you and also listening to you on a TV. Thank you very much for taking our call on SAFM. Also on SABC Radio, by the way.